Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the world, the Sixth Sense Media Podcast, with your host, Mike Phelan. Fairweather friends are in the business is really it's a tough thing. Well, Even your best friend you can play on you. Don't yeah. you think like it's sort of I, I say the same thing with like people doing podcasts. That's a labor of love because you know, I know what it is. I'm trying to get one going and you know, all the people that you're interviewing like they cancel or they forget and um, you know, you're you're constantly having to like drum up. Please watch my show. Please listen to my show. And I mean, it's it's like a little bit of a solitary effort because you have to believe in yourself that much, which is you know, it's it's special. It's hard. Yeah, I've been I've been writing for oh god, I'm gonna feel really old now. Um, Twelve years uh, in the business, and just I I have no name. You started Everyone at knows my. <laughs> everyone everyone knows my work, but they don't know me, right. which doesn't help because I can't go out and sell myself. <laughs> well, you know what I would think is interesting? And I, the one thing that here I'm just going to throw out my my idea as a know-it-all, but um, I think of these horror zines, one of the things that would affect the readership differently, um, you know, because I know they're, they're it's like always you're trying to get more and more readers and eyes on the page and people to share is if you did know the writers, if you knew, like, here's six staff writers that we're using and you had your picture and we kind of, you know, it was curated for, for your taste. Like, what what is what are you watching this week? And what was your favorites? Because then you become your own little, you know, star in the horror genre. And I think the same thing of, like, I always thought um, it would be fun to have in like let's say you know Dread Central updates on on in a personal way what's going on with actors personal life that are in these horror films and stuff. I mean not not too crazy but a little fun like page six of their information they're putting out anyway on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just because I think people have to have like a personal connection and feel it's really important to share and I mean it's really tough to, even when I share articles, it's like, sometimes I'm like, I know you guys didn't read that article. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, just like, you know, I put a picture of me in my bra, and I get all these likes, and then, heaven forbid, I'm actually like, hey, we're talking movies. You have to hear this. Um, yeah. <laughs> if for, for a while, during my last couple of years at Dread Central, I was doing interviews in my studio with actresses, like local to my area, actresses and writers. And then I would reach out to my friends in the business. I'd be like, hey, are you working on anything special? Like John Massari is doing an orchestra, uh, entire orchestration of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space soundtrack oh my God. at the Montauk. Get out of here. Yeah, it's going to happen in May, and the Chiodo brothers are going to be there. It's going to be a big thing. But it was just like I, the site just didn't believe in me enough to promote the stuff. So I would do it. I would spend hours editing it, getting it all right, putting all the animations in there, do it, send it out, and then they would just throw it up on the page, and it would get buried by 40 other stories. I know. I <laughs> And my heart really believes because, like, I think that's, like, 
even when we got for the Bill Murray experience, we got a, a thing in entertainmentweekly.com, right? Mm-hmm. I was so excited. It got buried by other stories so mm-hmm. fast. That I yeah, was that like, news cycle is a killer. It's a killer. And, I mean, I really do think that you need, like, an editor for these things who says, we're going to stick with this a while. But I'll tell you, um, <clears throat> my friend Jim Towns, who is my editor, he did 66 Horror Flicks, this mm-hmm. cute little web series. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry, that's so unattractive. Oh. Um, All right. <laughs> my allergies are a little bit bad. So he did um, 66 Horror Flicks, and it was so cute, and I kept saying he was putting in so much time, where he was pulling obscure Horror Flicks and doing a whole thing with animation, with, you know, sound and everything. And you know what? I could not get – he couldn't get that thing to catch on. It was on the Horror Forever site, Amy's mm-hmm. site. And I couldn't get it to catch on when I shared it, and his Jim's wife couldn't. And I was like, how are people – I think, you know what, I think there's a lot of haters. There's a lot of, like, jealous people that, like, they see it, and they're like, oh, okay, that's good, but they're not – I don't know. You know, same thing with you. I'm sure there's people who have a little jealousy of you writing for, you know, various – online stuff. And, and I, 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 saw it come to, I saw it come to fruition when my wife and I did a review of um, the Anne of Green Gable series that came out on Netflix, and it seems that, like, they found a focus point for all the hate and just the nasty comments that would come in. Like, it's a, it's just a review of a very obscure series, so all this hate doesn't make sense. It must have come Why from somewhere else. Why do they else. hate it? Yeah, I mean, first of all, that's genius, and I love that you did that, and I would have that's wonderful. But, yeah, I, that's the weird thing about the Internet is, like, it, it, it could go really bad. I don't know why sites have comment sections because I don't <laughs> think they actually do anything positive. Um, in fact, if, it, it's kind of odd to me because it could go either way for no reason. <laughs> You're like, I mean, what could be sweeter than doing that? Anonymity leads way to a lot of toxicity, which when I leave comments, it's always my full name. So people know exactly who is saying this. I'm not going to hide anything. Unpopular comment or not, it's going to be from me. It's it's not from some mysterious person. So I have to answer for whatever I say. If it were that way for everyone. Why do people, like, you have to be crazy to go, oh, they're doing a review of Anna Green Gables with his wife. I'm going to put something really shitty. So it, it's probably someone personal who, I mean, I do think social media creates a lot of jealousy. I mean, mm-hmm. for myself, I have to always, like, remind myself if you're, like, going through your scroll, your curated scroll, I'm sure you're like me. We have tons of people in the business. And you have to go, like, good for them. That's wonderful. And, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times I'll meet people and they're like, oh, your personality is so different than how I imagined you. And I'm like, how you imagined me as a one-dimensional person on social media? I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, well, I don't really say fuck on social media. Like, but in my real life, I'm a lot edgier, but I'm so protective over, you know, coming off a certain way. It's, I, mm-hmm. Did you hear that thing about, and, oh, my God, did you hear in China that they're going to start not letting people ride trains um, based on their social score? Is that Black Mirror stuff or what? Wow. that's. Did um, you see that? Google That's some it. weird social engineering right there. 
I mean, and where did you see that episode of Black Mirror? Yeah. It is, it's like the most terrifying thing because you're like, oh my god, of course it's going to go that way. It's yeah. Just, it's already sort of that way in sneaky ways. It's um, it's weird because I come from the South and I come from a construction background, so I don't really fit in mostly with a lot of Hollywood people because I come from a totally different background. So right. I feel I'm very out of place when I go to set visits or I or I write and everyone's just so they lean politically one way and then I just sit there and like I'm not going to say anything because I know if I say anything yeah. I'll be ostracized because I'm just. I'm just a, a redneck white boy who just happened to fall into the business. <laughs> well, you know, I try to be very careful. Obviously, I'm from L.A. I'm, you're, you can guess I'm a bleeding liberal, but I, I don't really even like that because, you know, I have a lot of family members who are Republican, and mm -hmm. and I, I have friends, actually, who are Republican that are in the biz, and they're, like, undercover. Um, and I wish that we would keep talking Mm -hmm. about I like keep it open and I think the problem is like if you if you hate Trump it's like there's nothing that he could do that's that's good because mm -hmm. and and if you if you love him it tends to be everyone's like everything he does is good and I'm like wait a minute I didn't love Obama everything Obama did and I loved him as president but there was stuff I had complaints but I think what's happening is we're all like holding on to our opinion for dear life and mm -hmm. that's that could be tough and I, I think it's yeah I mean it's tough. I, I I feel badly because I wish that we would all, um, you know, say, boy, I feel this way strongly, but i got to respect that there's a reason you feel this way, too. You're right, yeah. Nick. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'll, you you can't tell just by my personality because I don't, I don't bring my politics into anything sure. I do professionally. So when I'm out with a whole bunch of other people, we get along just fine, and then they'll follow me on social media and I'll post something being like, well, I don't understand why everything – why I didn't vote for Trump, first of all. So right. I have no love for the man as right. as a politician. But if I see, like, the media just going ape shit and just throwing all their journalistic morals out the window and I say something, and all of a sudden those same people that were perfectly fine with being my friend before just like, no, I, I can't have anything to do with you. You can't be in my circle. I'm like, but oh, why? Because I'm, a, you're I'm being a real journalist. A journalist. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I get offended because I'm like this. Okay, if you don't like Donald Trump, right, um, it's still, I'm like, well, we're creating so much clickbait and so much noise that, like, they'll do an article about about gossip that potentially could be heard. And I'm like, wait a minute this isn't the way we should be getting reported. Like, let me, I get mad if I'm listening to CNN and then they're all like smirking at each other. And I hate Donald Trump, but I'm like, don't smirk. Let me hear my news and let it be unfiltered. I don't want your opinion. I just want to hear it so I can digest it and let it speak for itself. And so if you're, you know, picking on him about his hair when he goes up the airplane, then you're doing the same thing that, that he's doing in a bully way, and I just don't um, think that that's good for us because there's no way the next president we have, it's going to be the same way because that damn clickbait. The internet, the internet is going to take us all down. Damn it! <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a number of documentaries that come out that after his presidency is hopefully over soon, uh, that 
that'll reflect on this, reflect on how certain certain sects like like the entertainment industry is very right. is very left leaning and then everyone else is right leaning and just that clash that happens where there's no middle ground. I'd l- I'd love to see I'd yeah. love to hear about what people have to say after the presidency's over and we can look back on what actually was accomplished if anything. Okay, I have a theory. <laughs> And I know people will disagree, but here's my crazy theory. And no one else to agree, but I think it's going to be like the O.J. thing. Like, mm-hmm. people were adamant that O.J. was innocent, and people were really divided, and it started this really bad race war, especially in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then and then years after the fact, like, do you ever hear anyone say they thought O.J. was innocent? Never. No. Never. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that guy did it for sure. And you're like, what? And when he ended up being really ostracized, obviously, for the right mm-hmm. reason, but it's almost like everyone thinks it's funny and, like, it was a weird time in, in you know, America's history. Yeah. And I have a feeling that you'll have a lot of people that will be like, well, I never liked the guy in the first place. But some of his policies about you know, guns and illegal immigration, that that's what I was voting for. Like, I don't think 10 years from now you're going to have somebody, they can think it, but who's going to go like, oh, that was our best president. And right now it's really, I understand for them, but you're like, let's see what happens like Reaganomics. He kicked everyone out on the street from mental hospitals and everyone thought he was a genius in the 80s. But later on, it's like when you're dealing with the aftermath, you're like, oh, well, now there's all these homeless people that are fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and the Just Say No campaign was a complete waste. In fact, <laughs> I think my whole generation, like we all did the dare and Just yep. Say No. What a bunch of stoners we all are. <laughs> <laughs> It's easy to be for something when they're on your team and you don't have to think about the consequences. But then looking back, you don't want to be associated with those bad mistakes you know they made. Yeah, well, it's like long-term stuff is so funny. So some of these ideas, I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds great for now. But what does that look like? You know, and and Trump will probably be long dead by then. I mean, (laughs) not that I would wish that, but Melania is going to be like the biggest superstar ever. (laughs) <laughs> she, yeah, she will be the she will be the most oddly sexualized first lady. <laughs> oh, you know what's so funny is I just say to people like, okay, let's say you love Trump. Do you realize that he is now part of our fucking history? Do you realize like his sons with their their ridiculousness? And I'm like, you just screwed up our history books to be like so trashy. It's like he's basically a post-apocalyptic president. Wouldn't you say, like, if you were doing a movie and you were going to do a president that ran everything into the ground and made everyone carry, like, assault weapon rifles through the street, the olive blade runner, he would be the one you would pick. Like, yeah. <laughs> did you guys already see this movie? I swear to God I've already seen this movie. I never I never thought that that our actual presidency would turn into such a parody of itself that I could only see in – in a movie like maybe Top Gun or something, or not Top Gun, I'm sorry, um, Naked Gun, something yes. something that absurd would never happen in real life. And then it happened, like, where do we go now? How can we beat this? Don't you ask people, I'll, I'll go like this. Like, my one buddy, I just said to him, um, and he's in the business, he's a writer, and um, he's directed and stuff, big stuff, too, like very big. He's very good friends with Scott Bayo, who I actually like and know. But, they're, you know, I said, I go, isn't there any of this, like, bothering you that he's such a divider? And he goes, 
did you see his rally, the last one he just had? And I go, yeah, I did. I go, that was insane. And he goes, no, no, no. See, he gives it to us straight. He's not, he doesn't need to act presidential. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, we, I just was sort of like dumbfounded that. I'm like, no, he's still, people are still super, super fans of his. Like, mm-hmm. And they love it. And it's entertaining. And they get a kick. It's like, they're all the, I always think they're the ones who like, there's a little bullying in them, you know, yeah. and there's something exciting. Like I had my, my bully in grade school was Lisa Headley and she always had like eight girls around her that just like nodded and she was so scary and I could never figure out why these girls were mesmerized by her, but I think she was like something that they couldn't be. She was their safe space from them being picked on. I guess. Yeah, they were. And it's, there's something I I actually sort of think that we'll have some kind of huge bounce back after this. Like people will have an understanding. Um, but still, I feel like this is. How do you even write children's history books or teen? <laughs> like what? Stormy <laughs> Daniels is now in our kids' history books. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it's it's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, if we're going to do it first, we're going to do it so outrageously that no one else can ever top us. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and you know what? It's really hard not to talk politics because, like, I'm sure, like you, I'm, I'm such a news junkie. And, like, the mm-hmm. very first thing I do, and Trump has made me addicted to him. I mean, he's a genius <laughs> entertainer. The very first thing I do is grab my phone and look at, like, okay, what's going on? And he dominates the whole news cycle. I mean, even I, I even BBC. He's on the front oh, page of BBC News all of the time. You can't escape him. You can't. I mean, all over the world. I, and here was somebody who, like, I thought he, the show The Apprentice was super obnoxious. And, like, he was the worst part about the show. Like, I, I like the idea. But how do you, I don't know, fucking crazy, lucky, and, and manipulative. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I it's like I'm dumbfounded. I guess that's why you know I think more people are escaping to movies, and it's no coincidence that horror films are seeing a resurgence on a, like a big level in mainstream. Like two horror films nominated for an Oscar this year—that's crazy. And mm-hmm. I think it's like escapism. Thank God. I mean. Yeah, I mean, even once we, even once um, comic book movies start their downturn, which will probably be within the next couple of years, we're gonna have to have a new fantasy renaissance to help us escape from this horrible reality. I know. Well, in comedy, I mean, they say that like during World War II, like a lot of, um, you know, that's when people like really needed entertainment, and that's like people gravitated towards that um, as like a safe space, and so I think. There's something kind of fun, like, this is, we're in sort of a weird golden age of parody comedy that's really cool, and, and like, sometimes watching a scary movie, like, the news is much scarier to me. Like, I've had nightmares about North Korea. <laughs> He's uh, actually showing up in my dream. A friend of mine uh, just had her short film on um, Amazon Prime that actually deals just with that whole Trump-North Korea thing, and it's... It's so on point that it's what, – What is it? Okay, so what is the doc? It, uh, it's a short 
uh, oh, seven-minute film. Yeah, it's uh-huh. a seven-minute film called uh, 18 Minutes by Val Vega. Oh, my God. Is that how long it would take the bomb to get to us? That would make that. The title does have to do with the movie, but it's not specifically about that portion of it. It's about what the character goes through. But in, in just seven minutes' worth of film, she nails that – just that feeling of dread that you have when any politician kind of goes mad or goes full maverick against another potential nuclear superpower. I know. You know what's funny is we never, like, the news is just, like, barraged us with so much stuff that, like, major things have happened, like them getting that alarm that they were being um, bombed in Hawaii Mm -hmm. for, what was it, 23 minutes? Like, I don't know if that was me and that happened 23 minutes, I would be suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome. I would probably mm-hmm. move. And, like, that would be maybe a changing point in my life, whatever was going on with a lot of people. And um, that, like, that was in the news for, like, three days. Yep. And I'm like, those people thought they were going to die. Like, they literally yeah. had 23 minutes where they were saying goodbye to their family and, like, no one has even talked about that again. So they all had a near-death experience in their mind. Yeah, they like they just turned it into satire after the first 24 hours of the news cycle. Then just I came, know. Ha, 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 look at those people. <laughs> they were in fear for their lives. And Fuck I, them. And we're not even talking about, like, I just read something about Puerto Rico. And I'm like, we're like, oh, yeah, sorry, guys. You guys are dying. <laughs> Like, you're one of our territories, but, like, we've got other things to do. We're going to do a parade. I'm like, this is weird living in crazy times. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You've been listening to the Sixth Sense Media Podcast. You can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Be sure to check out our movie, TV, and video game coverage at SixthSense.com and FanBolt.com.